The conversation you're about to hear does not necessarily reflect the personal views of all involved. We're here to start intellectual discourse in the Christian worldview. Hopefully, you can gain something from these second-rate saints. Enjoy the podcast. Yeah, he went to Netflix and said, I'm paying everybody's bill. Yeah, astrology. <laughs> yeah, I'm an asparagus. <laughs> I'm an aquarium, so. <laughs> oh, let's be cancer. Welcome to the Second Rate Saints podcast. This is episode two. Sadly, we're actually down two members. We're down Joel and Stuart, so you just get stuck with the three of us, and the three of us being me, Caleb, your audio manager man. Um, but to my left is... Hi, I'm Colton, and I'm the guy who wears hats to a podcast. Uh, and to my left is... He's not lying. Uh, I'm Josh. I brought a slushie, um, and I like painting. How long does a slushie have to go? How far does a slushie have to melt for it no longer to be a slushie, and it's just pop now um juice here's the thing it couldn't just be pop because it doesn't have carbonation it's just syrup oh sweet cool (laughs) i like syrup (laughs) not that much though um i think it's getting to that point though no there's a strong ice cube floating in the bottom of it (laughs) as you make slurping noises yep nice don't uh, you look tempted to just make random slurping noises now. Oh, no, 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 no. I this is what happens that, when uh-huh. we don't have Joel. No, no, no. I yep. have credibility. You have credibility? <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Anyways, um, what are you reading? I, for a paper, I'm rereading not the entirety of the book. Yeah. Um, but I'm going over portions of N.T. Wright's um, The Day the Revolution Began, which is... Super interesting. The American Revolution? Yeah. No, the British Revolution. Yep. Okay, I'm guessing. Whatever you're saying? Yes. No, it's the revolution. Oh, the French. Yes. <laughs> no. Um, Jeez Louise. The idea, he recontextualizes interpreting um, Christ's death and resurrection in a very Jewish and early Christian viewpoint. Um, rather, And tries to tries to ground it in its more local context and it's in how those people actually interpreted those things and then builds off of that it's part of his whole he has a whole line of books like uh, surprised by hope is another one Mm -hmm. actually i'd highly recommend both of these books they're phenomenal i like the uniform style yeah even though you you listeners can't see it but if you wanted to you could look them up and see how how good they look beside that one's got a cross on it does the other one have a cross on it no the other one just has like the sun (laughs) by the sun is the s s S-U-N, not S-O-N. Yeah, but it's also symbolic. Yeah. Um, Surprised by Hope is phenomenal. Um, What's it about, Caleb? Uh, what is the Christian hope? Why do we always... Cons- why do we think when we hear Christian hope, ah, Jesus' job is to come die for sinners so that then, then we can go to heaven. And his whole thing is, no. No, that's not what the early church thought. That's not... seems to be what, what Jesus himself taught. Jesus taught, hey, the kingdom of God is coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and that seems to be articulated later on with the uh, in revelation with the, the merger of heaven and earth and god's rule finally coming down in mm. in its full form and not this weird cloak and dagger stuff that we seem to be having going on now yeah. um 
and the day the revolution began is articulating that the beginning of that movement mm-hmm. with Christ's death and resurrection and how that should be interpreted in how it was interpreted for the first hundred years. Yeah. Um, okay. Independent from its, you know, the regular atonement theory dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I really like it. It's really good. Um, he didn't just die for our sins. He did much more than that. Yeah. He, um, if, if you have to put your finger on it, he, it's, he's technically more Christus Victor. Okay. Um, what, technically. What do you mean by Christus Victor? Christus Victor is the idea that in Christ's death and resurrection, um, he has overcome and had victory over all of pain, sin, death, Okay. Um, and has with his resurrection, he has now not necessarily redeemed those things. Okay. But has has made a way through them to greater things. Um, so, like, all of this is talking about what what was the main thing that was accomplished on the cross, like the point of what happened. Yeah. Well, like here, actually, um, yeah, um, I actually have here on one of the papers that I'm working. On is the uh, the idea that uh, a fundamental fundamental belief in the early church is that it uh, believed that God was going to do for the whole cosmos, both individual and the material universe, what happened to Jesus on Easter. Mm-hmm. That it will be redeemed, but not just Jesus. When Jesus was re- was resurrected, he didn't just revert back to his previous state. He had a glorified right. state. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Something that could only be achieved through the defeat of the, death. What ought to be. Yes. Um, and the yeah. idea is that Jesus' death and resurrection is both the method and both the method of how that occurred, the source of power of how that is going to continue to, to live out in our lives currently. And as we build the kingdom of God today, not that it, we will build it in its final form, but what we are laying down today does matter when Christ does return with mm-hmm. the fullness of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is more of like a fleshed out way of saying something like penal substitution. The, um, the, penal uh, substitution has its place okay. in this larger framework. Okay. Um, he That Christ didn't just die for sins. Well, part of, part of, that's part of, it. Part of restoring God's rule on earth. That's the first step. Yeah, well, well, the the idea. Oh, okay. You can you can say that, um, just as humanity was the the pinnacle and capstone of creation, mm-hmm. at the end, so humanity will be the pinnacle and capstone of redemption. Yeah. Um, except it happens in, let's say, this reverse order where man is the is the last thing that's created, but the first thing that is redeemed. Yeah. Um, okay, that's so very there's, interesting. There's some interesting things that I'd highly recommend them. They're super easy reads, what the, actually. What were the names again? Um, the Day the Revolution Began and Surprised by Hope. Both, I, I both first by read, Both by N.T. Wright. I first read uh, Surprised by Hope, um, and then I was like, holy moly, this is really good. Wow. Um, they're great, especially uh, Surprised by Hope attacks the... And, and, and he does, honestly, he does attack the idea of, hey... You shouldn't just articulate Christianity as this add-on to get this this escapism type eschatology. Yeah, just going to heaven. That's yeah. It. Is is it's that's not just not compatible with the gospel, but it actually it actually drains an understanding from Christ's resurrection. It defeats the purpose of this. Oh, he is now the light. 
his actions there and the Holy Spirit's dwelling in the individual is to both animate and empower that person to live that, to, to walk with that newness of life that Christ achieved in the resurrection. Right. Um, and it's interesting. This is something we, we've talked about at school, and you'll go to different doctrine classes or different uh, Christology classes. They'll talk about uh, the different ways that what happened on the cross, all these things that you're talking about, penal substitution, Christus Victor, which are mm-hmm. both awesome names, by the way. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> the, um, I do think that if you just see it as penal substitution, just God uh, sacri- well, sacrificing Jesus, but Jesus dying so that we can be saved, it seems almost like it's a, uh, like it was his second option. It was, it was that humanity failed, Jesus was sent. Yeah, it fits It fits in more with the idea of that God is just merely trying to get us back to the state of the garden, and rather right. than that there is something, something greater, greater yeah, yeah. Um, that's going to come out of it. Yeah. Um, it also kind of, what's, what's interesting is, and he writes, there's, there's, a, there's a theme that I've noticed within a couple of his books, not just limiting these two, but there's this, the nationalistic hope that is extremely strong in Israel doesn't get denied by Christ is it just gets transformed. Mm. Yeah. It gets broadened beyond the national borders of Israel. Right. But that's not just an identity, but mm-hmm. it also in the idea that they are God's physical, not physical, God's nation that he rules over. Yeah. Um, and it's then transferred into what's called, what, well, what is the kingdom of God, right? Yeah. Um, and that penal substitution kind of actually almost ignores that concept and uses that as a, well, the kingdom of God is what you enter, which the kingdom of God is a community of believers who have gone through that, that redeemed transaction through Christ. Right. Uh, rather than a community that is actively taking part in the building of mm-hmm. God's rule on earth and in their lives, which is... Which would be the idea. Now they have to still go through that that redemptive, yeah. quote unquote, transaction to get there. But that's not the point. That's not the that's not the the main driving factor is just to save souls. But it's instead to create a kingdom of priests. And you could say like, ah, oh, you're splitting hairs, but you're you're super not, because um, mm. those things manifest themselves very differently when you start talking about well, what's your eschatological hope? Yeah. Well, and, I think that's also um, that's if you take penal substitution as a whole theol- whole Bible theology. Yeah. And not just fair, fair, a theology yeah. of uh, sin fixing. Yes. Well, if you if you take yeah. penal substitution as... The, and it, it does go all the way back to Genesis 3. Yeah. God clothes them in... Yeah. Well, I think that's the point is that like if you look like... Like Christus Victor has a total theology that encompasses more than just redemption. Right. Whereas... Penal substitution is just a theology about redemption. Yeah. And so it's, I think, it's not that you're splitting hairs. It's just, I, th- I think this is a false dichotomy of ideas. Sure. That like one is, one is, one has multiple branches. One has just the one branch. Yeah. Well, and I, and, and I, I think, I think N.T. Wright shows that there's this that. difference. Yeah. Um, although in, let's say, conservative Protestant um, churches. They don't even know that, what Christus Victor is. Yeah, well, it's also normally associated with what would be normally liberal-leaning theological concepts that are mainly in churches that I would even consider to be selling out the gospel. Oh, like what? 
Well, we're gonna we're gonna get to that in our third in our we're gonna break this podcast up into what is Christianity and why Christianity. So that's why the title is what and why. Cool. Um, what about how, when, and where? Those will be later. Oh, okay. When um, when Christianity? When Christianity? Yeah. Now. Yes. Christianity now on demand five ninety nine. <laughs> Jesus. Um, no, 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 free of charge. Ooh. No, sorry. no, no, it wasn't free of charge. No, 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 no. The no, no, blood no. of God. No, 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 no. It's free of charge oh, for God. you. Ah. Somebody else paid it. My friend, did you not go? Yeah, he, substit- <laughs> he substituted himself, okay, yeah. for your penalty. Yeah, he went to Netflix and said, I'm paying everybody's bill. Wow. Wow. Now everybody can use his account. <laughs> <laughs> that's the worst analogy that's, I've ever heard. That's no, 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 no. no. Imputed they, righteousness. No, no, no. They all get their own account, but the stock photo of like a person oh my gosh. Is, is him. Welcome to oh. the degrading of high theology. So the first section is going to be what is Christianity, where we're going to go over the simple topics of who is Jesus? What is the church? Okay. The kingdom of God. As we were talking about. Oh, you just answered it. And what are denominations? Mm -hmm. Not Decepticons, denominations. I wasn't thinking Decepticons. I know, I know you were. No, I know you were. That was a loaded joke. Uh, You and nobody knows the context. That's okay. That's okay. (laughs) I don't tell jokes for other people. Oh, tell them for me. (laughs) Ah, yes, fair enough. Um, so Josh, actually, no, not Josh. Colton, you didn't look at me when you said my name. Colton. What is your question? <laughs> Who's Jesus? Uh, who is Jesus or was Jesus? Who is Jesus? Good, that's the right, that's is. The right answer. Also, not was. Yeah, that's what, yeah. That's what I was asking, yeah. <laughs> who is Jesus? Um, to me? Or just in general? If someone up on the street actually came and asked, and asked you. Yeah, so like kind of to you, but you're also a representative of the Christian faith in that moment, right? Fair enough, yeah. So... If someone up on the, from the street, you don't know them, you don't know their background, they're 40 years old and they have gray hair and blue eyes. 40 years old. Wow, this is really yeah, this is specific. Yeah. That's going to be me sounds, minus the hair. Yeah, it sounds like my dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if they came up to you and be like, hey, uh, who's Jesus? Honest question. Looking for an answer. What do you say? I'm not allowed to just quote scripture. No, that's fine. Anything. Okay, because my scriptural references, he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one goes through the Father except through him. But that's would, not is what that I would what start you would with. do? No, okay. that's not what I would start with. Although I feel like that's the answer. Okay. Um, I mean, it could be a more than a one-word answer, or or like a sentence. Who is oh, Jesus? Yeah. God. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. It's not like the Western world's been teaching that for a long time. <laughs> yeah. In a way, Jesus is uh, Jesus is God becoming somewhat like us, so He could understand us. So He can understand us. Can you elaborate? like He know He knows us perfectly? Of course, it says so in the Bible quite a lot. Knows our hair, every hair on our head. He knew us before we were even formed in his in our mother's room, not his room. That's mm. that's heresy. Um, <laughs> but um, that He knew us. Or that he came down so he could feel what it feels like to be human so that he could die and so that well yes so that he could die and he can say i know what it no i not just i sympathize with what you're going through and understand 
but empathize. The, I know the, what it's like to be human as well as God. The difference between the doctor that knows everything there ever could be to know about cancer versus actually having cancer. Absolutely, yeah. Cool. Because... I think that that is... He's a relational God. I think that's the only... That that thing, I feel, encompasses God in his in his entire power, but also in his entire love. That he's sure. a relational God who loves, but he has the power to do so. Well, it's... His power behind it. I think that that idea that the infinite would become finite just, just so that he would know pain, yeah. be able to look in someone's eyes, not that... Because God can do that because he's man. But um, not totally man all the time. <laughs> Trinity stuff. But to be able to go, I know and understand. I think that that is the best emotional argument against the problem of evil. Because otherwise, we don't really actually have the, have something there. Other than, hey, no, God actually knows. He gets Oh, it. that's what you mean. Okay. Yeah. Um, other than that, I don't really see an emotional argument for the problem of evil. But to be fair... Um, I don't see any other arguments posited by other religions. So that's an offshoot yeah. of, of Colton's comment. But Josh. Yeah. No. That, that... I, if I were to add on to that, I would add so many other things. But I think if I were to give it a, a concise answer, that would probably be something I would answer someone on the street. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, Josh. Continue. No, that, that's interesting. So, yeah. I... I, I'm not there yet to disagree. Okay. I just like that. Like, okay. like I liked everything you said, except it was, it's interesting that we, cause like if he's omniscient, can't he not already know the experience? Well, can he? That's well, that's, that's, I think. In a, can in he know argument. what it's like to commit evil? Well, an omniscient being doesn't know what limited, what limitation feels like True. by nature. It's the same reason why he can't commit sin. It's like, yes, he he can do anything, but he can't go against himself. So is he, like, he in doing so, he created a way so that he can not, not sin, but he can feel what limitation feels like. Sure. Okay. Also, That's, because... This, this, might be, this might be something we have to bring back up. Yeah. Because this is something I'm kind of... He's also a little bit sold on, but I'll, this is very interesting that you're. No, no, no. The reason why I say that is because I would. I think it's for the for the emotional aspect. I think it's just as powerful to say he knows what the experience would feel like and chose to do it anyways. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, that adds to it for sure. Um, and I don't think either of those is less powerful. Okay. Um, and so that's why I don't disagree with that. I don't mm. disagree with the the statement that it would be. It's incredibly powerful from the from the problem. I understand of pain. what you're saying, but I just think from the from the understanding of omniscience, that's an interesting yeah. discussion. Well, but well, that's like, for another well, podcast. I, yeah, sure. I'm not I'm not saying he didn't <laughs> yeah. know what it was like beforehand, mm -hmm. because he existed outside. God exists outside of time, so he's always been yeah. Jesus as flesh. Yeah, but not to us. Mm. Well, he always has been to himself. Mm. He has always been Jesus as flesh. Yes. Okay. He's also Not that I'm saying I disagree because that's a minefield. Oh, it is. God is unchanging. He is. Oh, yeah. Much smarter people than you or I struggle with it because the yeah. idea is that you have post-incarnate post post Christ and pre-incarnate Christ. Yep. And it 
and you can't just say he's I, always been incarnate. Yeah. Well, because yeah. Well, yes. un- unless unless in again in the more beautifully absurd idea this yeah. is that the infinite becomes finite, in that there actually is somehow a moment in time where the being exterior to time chooses to give up its rights if we're going to go with with biblical biblical terminology um and be and choose to be encapsulated i think the the and experience time i think the 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 point in hebrews i mean that the author in hebrews makes is not that he does not uh still have those traits but chooses not to use them right yeah 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 which would be a because we're treading yeah. Almost on Harris. Yeah, well, no, 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 but this is. But, this but is, you're right. But like you're right. He still, he still has because those, yeah. those, those rights and, yeah. sh- and traits are built within his nature. Yeah. And Jesus I has the, the divine nature, obviously. Well, mm-hmm. but this is the point: but, is that with the with the incarnation, where he's 100 percent both, does the human when it when when God does the unthinkable and becomes a man, God, a God man, mm-hmm. um, does the human nature become a part of the immutable? That's that's the interesting. You know that's what, where the discussion hold lies. Hold on, you're getting much. Yeah, that you've just backdoored <laughs> Eastern Orthodoxy. <laughs> no, no, no. But that that that's where the argument lies. Of is is he incarnate beforehand? So is it that does is the human aspect of the Son of God, Jesus Christ? Does that in does that get incorporated into outside of time the immutable nature of God? Therefore, he could exist beforehand or does that not contain the immutable because that's the human aspect and he's only human after because he then puts himself into time in which case he can then be human because now he's living in a temporal realm and a non-temporal realm and so that's the latter is what i've normally assumed yeah to be because Um, i'm not arguing that the human becomes immutable because i i i want to lean for the other one where he incorporates the he he lives simultaneously in both mm-hmm. as the son of God. Yeah. Um, Cause I think that's, that's easier to comprehend <laughs> <laughs> and purely for that reason. Do you think, okay, I'm going to use an analogy and you can tell me whether or not it fits. Mm-hmm. Um, if that uh, say a man, uh, he's a painter. Yeah. He then, he goes, half his life being a painter and then goes the rest of his life being he changes jobs he becomes a a teacher Mm -hmm. um he is both he is all he is a painter he is a teacher after he's dead you can call him either he is both well even though jesus isn't dead he you know the song and all that god's not dead oh spoiler (laughs) alert (laughs) yeah but um would you think that fits into this kind of thing where jesus is both the non-incarnate physical being of the word as well as he is the physical jesus the word became flesh he's oh both. yeah no no no. i think i think absolutely right now and he's equally both he's yeah, equally yeah. painted right, right now but i think that's because he's he's building the kingdom like he's preparing the place but he will always is won't he always be the incarnate physical jesus Moving forward, Going forward, moving Going forward, forward, absolutely. Yeah. But that, that's why I'm. Yeah. Trying but to it, it, but the, the question is in reverse. In reverse, before the. No, I know. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Is that he wasn't, in my analogy, he wasn't mm. always the teacher, yeah. but he, he still is fully a teacher. 
Oh, Jesus is fully incarnate, but he wasn't always incarnate. Yep. Yeah, yeah. But doesn't that... Yeah. Didn't you say just before, though, that he was the pre-existent, always incarnate Christ? Yes. Sorry, uh, let me explain it a little better then. Um, yes, he was... Because God is outside of time, and because mm-hmm. even the Word is outside of time, it was because he limited himself and touched... Uh, well, infinite, not infinitude, finite, the finite, yeah. mm-hmm. that he didn't change, but he became, he, he actualized into something else. Sure. Well, had always been that, but, okay, time this, in terms of God is very difficult. my education. No, no, yeah, no, no, we're I, talking about no, no, very we're, big things here. We're, we're getting places. So I think the, the, the biblical image you can make is the son of man in Daniel. So he is a male. I mean, he's a human, okay. son of a man. Okay. Um, but so is the Ancient of Days. The Ancient of Days is described as having a body. So it's like pictorially, they're both being described as beings. Okay. Um, yeah, but I, but, but, yeah, no, I, no, no, I don't no, know no, how well no, that fits. But, no, no, no. But what I'm saying is that just because he's described there as a son of a man doesn't mean he's an incarnate human. Well, the idea is that Daniel 7 yeah. is Christ's ascension, not an event that's happening in Daniel 7. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, like, as in, like, it's it's a vision he has of when it's, go- of, of, of a description of what's going to happen, or mm-hmm. that, okay. yeah. mm-hmm. it's not and a physical then, event And then, then it's pseudo um, played in reverse in Revelation 14, when the 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 angel comes out either out of the temple or out of the presence of God, I guess that would depends if the <laughs> if, depends if in Revelation the temple is the palace of God or not. Yeah, but that's again okay. splitting hairs. Yeah. Either way, angel comes out and is like, "Hey, it's time to go." And then in Revelation fourteen fourteen, there's the son the references again the son of man figure with a crown who reaps yeah. the world. Um, yeah. And it's played in reverse, so he comes down on the clouds, whereas the ascension is assumed that he goes up to the clouds to right, join right, right, the right, divine right. council. Yeah. Um, divine council doesn't mean there's a bunch of gods. Yeah. No, no, no. Old Jewish thing. Old Jewish thing. Sounds, like, Jewish you're saying thing. That. Sounds yeah. like you're saying that. You but should go the, study it yourself. No, but no, the, just, the yeah. idea is, is, does the unchangeable nature of God apply to the human aspect? That That's where we're... That's what we're trying to figure yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... If that's the case, then yes, he would be pre-incarnate. He would be incarnate pre-cross. But if the <laughs> if the immutable nature does not apply to the human aspect of Jesus, then he would not be incarnate pre-cross. This does change things with the creation idea too, because it means that if he was always pre-incarnate, that Jesus, that God, he couldn't become quote unquote, would have to be forced to actualize. A world in which that occurred what? if you're if if that's temporal yeah but we've already talked about that where it's he created the world knowing the cross right so at but with in god's uh in our limited understanding of how god operates him knowing he's creating a world and him actually creating that world become the same thing okay like, i agree yeah yes and sure. so I think that now you could limit this to John's limited knowledge, but when he says the word became flesh, somewhat implies that he wasn't so beforehand, mm-hmm. at least in the world. And, yeah. and it's not just there. It's throughout the majority of the New Testament. Yeah. Yeah. Also, you can't really apply 
time to God very well. well that, it doesn't fit. But that's but that's part of the whole idea of the incarnation and the mystery yeah. of the incarnation. Yes. Is yeah. that it's insane that infinite becomes finite. Yep. That omniscience could put itself in a situation where it is helpless. Yeah. And this this that whole dichotomy is is, is on purpose. That's not just like yeah. a, that's not the author's well, going. Yeah. Uh, also, I don't know. Well, that's I'm the sh- point of the tension. I'm sure because I've had this conversation with people. A lot of people see this as somewhat of a, a worthless argument. You're just splitting hairs. We're just mm-hmm. semantics, uh, stuff, pedantry, all these yeah. kinds of things. I don't actually think that's the case because I've also talked to probably an equal amount of people. Or, I don't know. Uh, a good amount of people who struggle with something like this. That mm-hmm. how And historically, this has been a big thing. How can God become man? Yeah. How can man become how how can a man be a god that's always existed? Mm-hmm. Like how does how does that work? Yeah, and I think so many people still don't like we don't know. We're, well, yeah, that's well, what we're it, arguing it, it, about. It's, it. it's a mystery. It, but it is it is a mystery. It is also something that that people don't understand. That and because they don't understand it, they have a hard time agreeing with it. So this is fascinating. Mm-hmm. I am going to make an executive decision right now. Though. Yes, I was gonna. I was playing um, this down. Because we are going to have to make part two. Why Christianity? Yeah. Because we're at halfway. Cool. We're 28 minutes right now. Um, Jeez. I will give a quick answer to the, your question, Kay. which I have not done. Who is Christianity? Who then is Jesus? We'll... Oh, yeah. yes. Who yeah. is Christianity? <laughs> give um, us your answer. What is the English? Um, I would say that uh, Jesus is the God of the universe who, after creating the world, um, we messed up. And God created a solution to that problem by sacrificing himself for the... Uh, oh, what is it? Um, to make things right, to right the wrongs, okay. um, we would have to pay for it. We would have to fix that problem, okay. but we can't. So he can, being God, makes himself into a person. That person was a carpenter in Nazareth. Um, and he lived a human life. Some of it was boring. Some of it was real. You some know, of it was real. Some of it was real. Oh. Um, no, all of it was real. That was exciting. Um, some of it was exciting was what I meant to say. Um, uh, it was all real. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> I'm doubling down yeah, on I'm the real. I'm glad we're getting this um, across. Yep. Uh, he lived perfectly to satisfy God's demands, unlike the rest of humanity. Okay. Um, and unjustly was killed, um, satisfying the... And he took on that punishment that humans would have deserved, do deserve. Um, took it on himself so that humans and God can be reunited in a better relationship where they were supposed to be, in which he created it to be. Okay. Okay. Um, and so getting back to the penal substitution kind of idea. That's very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, you're, I don't think you're wrong. Uh, and that man was awesome and has changed the world more than anyone. And by the very fact that you can you could barely turn the corner on a street without hearing a reference or seeing a reference to Jesus or the things that he caused. Well, I don't even think you can yeah. think of anything that wasn't impacted. Yeah. Like the morals you hold, the moral... Yeah, unless, that would get... That unless would you get, live uh, completely under a That rock. would get easier to do so when you leave a Western yeah. Yeah. country, but absolutely. Our, yeah, yeah, it's foundational to yeah. Western ideals as a whole. Yeah, Um and a man like that should be known and discussed. Yeah. Yeah. And understood. Well, that's 
what we're doing, isn't it? Yeah. And when you do that, you end up back to God. Yeah. Who was the person that sent him? Well, it's, it's, it's interesting because Jesus changes the world by being, quote unquote, conquered by the world. Mm-hmm. Setting a precedent of, okay, you have injustice. The world is, and humans' interactions. Yeah. And you've, you guys have both heard me use this analogy. It's not really an analogy, but this word metaphor, as picture, is that human beings are injustice upon injustice upon injustice upon injustice mm-hmm. upon injustice. And then Christ comes in and does grace and swallows yeah. all of injustice upon yeah. himself, carries the weight and the wrath of God upon the cross, yeah. and just gives grace. Mm-hmm. And it is by grace that that pattern of injustice is going to be stopped. Mm-hmm. And as Christians, we go, holy moly, yeah. the Son of God yeah. would, would do that. And, okay, if, if he's the Son of God, and if he did that, I want—and and then he promises life. Because when mm-hmm. he, with his resurrection comes this newness of life and this, the, the, the empowering indwelling of the Holy Spirit to go, hey— you don't have to do injustice upon injustice upon injustice. You can now not just partake in gra- in Jesus' grace-giving mm-hmm. kingdom, which we're about to get to in the what is the church in the next question, yeah. but that is how you're, that is how humans are supposed to operate, by worshiping mm-hmm. God in that way. Mm. Yeah. Um, and that when you do that, you will find what it really means to operate in mm-hmm. a harmonized way with both god and one another yeah um yeah as if the uh an illusion from c.s lewis we're like cars trying to run on vegetable oil and we should be running on gasoline absolutely like (laughs) and then once you start putting in that gasoline or even like high octane gasoline you start to see how well that car can run yeah sure (laughs) Sure. on the road and with each other Mm. on the road um so I, I think that's our, who is Jesus? You could, well, I, you what could do you write, think? You could, well, I, I did my spiel. Oh, okay. Right. But yeah. it wasn't official. Sure. That, well, I think that's my spiel. I would go, if I had to clarify, is it Jesus is the, Jesus' life and his actions are not just the, let's say the, the, the setting right, the mm-hmm. course correction of the cosmos. His actions are also a an example of a pattern of how we in the broken in the broken world yeah, right. are supposed to go through mm. and deal with injustice, injustice, well, he doesn't, pain and suffering, and yeah. then come come to not just the way things were before, but something even far more beautiful and better. Well, and that's and that's the thing is he's not just like if you look at it in two. There's two facets to his correction his the better word redemption of Mm. the universe is he doesn't just remove all the mistakes we have made he makes it possible he makes a future possible where the humans don't have to continue making those mistakes right and empowers them to do that yeah by the holy spirit he doesn't just like you said to create a better world Yeah. yeah he doesn't wipe the slate clean he does that and makes it so that the slate can't be made dirty Yes. Generally, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, for for those who are there, left, but whatever. <laughs> um, who is Jesus? You could write entire books on this because we do as yeah. Christians. Oh, and John says that at the end of the gospel. You're right, because that's <laughs> biblical. No, um, 
that is who's that's at least yeah. our spiel. Um, I kind of wish that Joel and Stuart were here to give their two cents, but they're not. Um, they he would say something us. about um, Stuart would say something about the fully go- actualized human being, the fully, actual, by the fully actualized human being, uncorrupted by chaos. Um, the ontological perfect human. Yes. Um, also, God. Uh, God interacting with the potential in a closer, like more While being relational sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also he would say that, yeah. Um, the the perfect authoritarian ruler who consumes all underneath him. Uh oh. But good because he's good. Right. Yeah. I, I really hope Stuart. <laughs> he would. No, hi Stuart. Hi Stuart. Now that you're listening. Um. Hopefully, we just said everything that you've would have said for that question. Yeah, he wouldn't have added anything else of value. Uh, episode 8. <laughs> but, um... Oh, yeah. Episode 8. Yeah. Hannibal, Barca, and or Lecter. And or Lecter. Um, <laughs> what is Christian... What is the church? Because if we believe that Jesus started this, if we're going to use N.T. Wright's vocabulary, mm. revolution... Socially... Not just socially, but cosmically charged revolution... What is the church? Is it the ongoing of that revolution? Is it as kind of what we talked about a little bit when we were talking about anti Wright's books? Is the church is the continuation of that kingdom building that started with Jesus, which was a let's quote unquote mutation mm-hmm. of the Jewish idea of a king of a national hope. Yeah. Um, so God restores the Jewish idea of the national hope by the kingdom of heaven, God's mm-hmm. kingdom. Which is, is that the church or is the church participating in that? Um, let me take a crack at it. Did I say addict? Yeah, yeah let me a take bit. a crack at it. <laughs> Throw him in a church, get saved. <laughs> Amen. Yes, actually. Amen. Oh, uh, let me take a crack at it. Um, man, I love this podcast. Um, uh, so I think the church is. Um, it is the, the people who have now I'm, if my pastor's listening to this, you know, my real answer is the people who are choosing to have their slate clean. Wait, oh, (laughs) is this not your real answer? Oh, wait, we're going to get into that one next. (laughs) Um, uh, it's so the people that are partake, the, the church is the people that are partaking in the slate being cleaned by the first revolutionary Christ. Okay. Um, and are now living, empowered by the Holy Spirit, because they could not do it on their own, mm-hmm. living in that same pattern, attempting to, sorry, attempting to imitate the man who lived in that pattern mm. until that day where they can actually live in the pattern fully mm-hmm. in relationship with the God who started the revolution and saved them. Okay. Okay. I think he's just right. <laughs> no. Oh. Yeah, no, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Heresy. <laughs> Okay, a church is a building. You're right. Is that where God is? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm joking. Well, um, God is the only being that can be somewhere and be somewhere more. Oh my gosh! Stop. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like heresy again. If I just say something sounds like heresy, does that make it heresy? I don't know, but you're like not a... the Pope. No. Ah, you're right. <laughs> anyway. Who are you, the patriarch? <laughs> <laughs> anyway I um, give you the wage gap oh my, oh my gosh anyway that's a joke for people that don't know what we're talking about 
Oh, um, my gosh. Okay, I'm going to add two things, I think, to this. Okay. One is that the church is both the body of Christ. This is one thing, by the way. Both the body of Christ who acts out God's will on his, on earth mm-hmm. um, instead of Jesus. Like, in the stead of Jesus, since he is not currently here. We are awaiting his or return. Is he? He's not. Where is he? He's in heaven interceding for oh, that's not on earth. at the right he's, hand. Of, he's yeah, at the right hand of the Father sharing his throne. He's Fair omnipresent? Enough. Yes. Okay, on earth. <laughs> oh, Jesus is omnipresent? Yeah. Yeah. The physical body of Jesus is omnipresent? That's that's a different question. Because now well, we're getting into complicated Well, no, no, because then we get back to the point that I was making where it's, does the human nature partake in yes. the... The, the aspects of God's thing. yes this, this is why so. this is why I didn't want to argue it yeah. further because it's a very complicated but but I question. think that the the Son of Man can do things that are not involved with the body yeah but that seems to be tapping into quote, then quote, tapping body? into um, his divine nature which many of his attributes yes. he has like he he gives them up to become become human or let's say he limits yeah. himself but the text does say he puts them aside yes. Um, it seems af- after after ascension and enthronement, ow, my shoulder. Um, <laughs> he then does take up many of those attributes again, although notably yes. not um, um, uh, omniscience. Are you talking about how the f- only the Father knows the end days? Yeah, yeah. Um, is yeah. that literal? It, no, no, no. It. I forget where that reference is. Uh, it's said in the Gospels, so it could okay. be said. Yeah, because is post, he saying that pre ascension? I don't. Is he saying John that John twenty five? Yes, yeah, because if it's in the Gospels, that could be like with the attributes being he sets aside. It's Matthew twenty four. Yeah, ah, Mark fifteen. Wrong, yeah, wrong so that could be him speaking right now. I don't. Yeah, but yeah. upon his ascension, I, I agree. With it's will do possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I. I I we're don't. Get, we're getting back. I mean, I don't have the previous. answer. But well, no, no, no. Just that I just wanted to make Excuse that point me. where it's yep. if it's we can play either game. If if it just depends on if the human aspect gains the divine attributes. Mm. However, I do not think that's the case. Fully, but right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair but enough. Cool. I like your. I'm not disagreeing the, with uh, you. Yeah. yeah. So in, in one things in my one thing. Is both yes because Jesus is in heaven; he's not on earth yeah. right now. Yeah, I would um, agree that we're acting on his behalf. We are, yeah, we are, his and that actors, is the church. His represent representatives on earth. That is one yeah. part. Yeah, he. We are also um, uh, the church. Also, is the body in which that supports the believers, supports each other yes. to act, to grow, and to become closer to yeah. Jesus, and to to become well better disciples a yeah. community of believers it is both and, and one thing is both his yeah. his individual actors and the collective itself yeah um was well, as, as paul would say in corinthians because i'm doing a that's Bible what i was about to that, say yeah um we are both the builders of the temple oh. and the stones in which the temple is being built right um sure and we play both those roles okay um so i agree Beautiful. Yeah. Love it. Anything else? This, the second thing. Because I feel like there's something else we can add to this. Yeah. The other thing is that it's it's also um, is, yeah, the building blocks and the uh, and the, in, the mm-hmm. builders and, and all that. Um, but it seems to also be. Uh, well, I think 
Yeah, go ahead. It's not as though none of those. I don't disagree with any of those things. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I think we're we're just labeling everything that the church is, yeah. like all the things. Um, the church as a collective of individuals, and the church as you know as as an individual, because there is an element of you are a temple yeah. of God. And yep. You is in the plural are a temple of God, yeah. and and Paul seems to use both. Yeah. Uh, if my memory is right, in Corinthians. He does it in Corinthians 3. Okay, cool. Yeah. The, the third uh, Corinthians? First Corinthians chapter 3. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so, like, that's that's going on. But there is also the work of the... And maybe well, it's just because... I like, need to bring up the Holy Spirit. Because <laughs> the that's the most Pentecostal happen. thing you've done in a while. <laughs> <laughs> you, um, my friend, have not read Christian Reformed literature. <laughs> <laughs> I, you're right. I don't. I don't read deformed literature. <laughs> yeah, the reformed don't believe in the Holy Spirit, right? We do. Oh wow, they're trinitarian. Well, I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they're trinitarian, like you have to be to be in the church. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get to denominations, but I, I think I think, and this might just be because I can't totally separate the idea of the church and acting out the kingdom of God, and that we are acting out and building, absolutely on building the kingdom of God. The foundation being. Christ's ministry mm. at first. Yeah. Um, and we are, as we're building, we're still waiting for, let's say, the rest of the building to come down from on yeah. high. Um, but not just, not just the people who are doing the building of the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. the, the actual work itself is sure. part of the church. The yeah. activity yeah, not just the people doing the activity. Well, and this, this again, I'm going to bring up this same analogy from Paul is when he talks about the because he's talking to the Corinthians who are not behaving like the church, mm -hmm. and he's saying, "I, Paul, and Apollos, the people you are dividing, are both built this temple, which you mm -hmm. are, mm -hmm. and you're also builders building upon this temple." Sure. Yeah. Um, and so you are the blocks in which the temple is being built from, and you are. It's the builders doing it. Um, and so the church is the temple of God in this image that mm -hmm. he points, and also the individual, both inhabited by the Holy Spirit. And that the Holy Spirit is the animating force allowing the individual to partake in the church to be building, mm -hmm. and the one that gets the whole church to do okay. the stuff. Well, it, it is also the unifier yeah. of the church. Ephesians 3, yeah. 4... Six? Uh, something like that. Uh, um, but but further to this metaphor, he also states that on the day, and he's because he's Jewish, he's using the reference to the day of the Lord mm -hmm. from the Old Testament. Um, it's he says the when the fire comes, uh, it will purge away the wood and the hay and the 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 straw and the chaff. Yeah. From basically, uh, but the gold and the iron and the stone will stay. Um, and the whole point is, is that what you are building the church with, okay, mm. what you are building the temple with is going to be judged. And so like the, the act, the actions okay. we partake in, that's a good point in this church, sure. in this community are those materials, are those materials. Cool. And yeah, they're also us. And that's the point is, is that it's not just what we do that gets judged, but it's us and it's, those are interlinked. Cool. And so, like, okay, I yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I think. Um, I think. Where is that in First Corinthians? First uh, Corinthians three. Okay. Okay. 
Um, I think something else we can add on to this, because I think there, like you said about Jesus, how there's many books written about him, and there could be, they could fill the entire earth, as John says. John says that, yeah. Yeah. I think we could do something similar with it, the uh, church. Oh, there's a beautiful poem. Um, it, it It's from a song uh, that we sing in church all the time, but it's a, if every stalk on earth a quill, yes. and every man a scribe uh, by trade, if the ocean with ink filled, and the sky of parchment oh, made. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, to write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry, mm-hmm. nor could the scroll contain the whole, though um, filled from sky to sky. That's pretty cool. <laughs> and it's yeah. just like, that is beautiful. Yeah. And it's, no matter the amount of paper or ink you have. The love of God is greater far. Is yeah. It's called. Yeah. And that is a beautiful song. And yeah. apparently that quotation was found on uh, the wall of an insane asylum. <laughs> that's awesome I, like before I want a guy scratch that into his wall and the songwriter saw that and he was like oh beautiful guy's dead so I don't have to go to copyright Jeez, Louise. nice <laughs> that sounds ethical yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean what else are you going to do though but it was like it was like the 18, 1700s when yeah. the song you was could, written you could do a seance like uh, Saul, Saul did with uh, Samuel I that is not endorsed by secondary saints no don't do a seance don't do that <laughs> Is it's it really just, Samuel, though? Well, it says That's it a different debate. We're talking about denominations now. Okay, yeah, so sorry. we're going to talk about denominations. <laughs> and Never I, mind, I was, I'm not going to make that joke. The, the last thing I wanted to add to the... Uh, Too bad we moved on. <laughs> Let's start Please. at the bottom. Deformed, go first. Yep. Yeah, yeah, go, well, they go are deformed. for it. Um, yeah. Add your thing. But uh, another aspect, because I was saying, the uh, you could fill the earth with books about Jesus and his church. Uh, um, look at that. Uh, is that a part of the church, if we're going to go back to the idea of Christus Victor and not just um, the penal substitution idea, mm-hmm. uh, is that we're not just people who are trying to save people from death. We're not just just that, although that is definitely mm-hmm. part of it. We're not just trying to help people to understand what we believe. Um, it is also a sign—the church is also a sign that Jesus has already—is a physical sign of— Jesus's victory. Sure. That his yeah. body physically, like his actual body, mm-hmm. is not physically on earth, but his quote unquote body well, the, of believers is. The uh, beautiful. Wish. You're right. I'm not going to keep going. <laughs> We're going to go to denominations. <laughs> um, we talked about the church. Technically, mm-hmm. we've talked as the church. What is it called? The church as a whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's there's three there's three types. Um, um, you can break this down using uh, government um, terminology. Well, no, the Catholics have this thing. Never mind. It doesn't matter anyway. What? <laughs> We've been talking about the church as an idea and how it manifests. And oh, um, the church like, visible, the church invisible. Right. We've been kind of talking yeah. about the church. Universal? Been, we haven't gotten that. Church, uh, the, the Catholic, Catholic church? church? <laughs> yeah. Um, We've kind of been Big C not church, talking little about Little C church building church. Yes. No. What about the the uh, normal church? Now we're going to get into Orthodox. the way churches have been actually divided up. Yes. And in past, we've even fought and killed each other over this. So mm, yeah, um, I didn't. If one of them dies, dude, as far as you know, you're like Baptist. <laughs> what was that supposed to mean? <laughs> it means it's bad. If <laughs> you didn't catch my tone, but baptism is in the Bible, so check you're me. right. You're right. So is Pentecost. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> anyway, sorry, continue. The only one here is 
Mr. Reformation. No, uh, um, no, we're being we're all reformed in the image of Christ. Oh, you're right. <laughs> oh, I need to read my Bible. I just got to destroyed. Do the finger thing. <laughs> um, no, no you're right. Yeah. Um, anyway, last episode we went over where our pen- where our leanings are and denominationally. Absolutely. But starts off. You have your church, then you have your Aryan and Chalcedonian. Arians disappear. You have your Mephites. Well, you have your you have your like uh, city state churches. Yeah, but that you have that that counts as Chalcedonian. Well, no, no, no. I mean, like, like during the Gospels, you have like the Church of Jerusalem, the Church of Corinthians, yeah. and like they would have. Oh, well, you, well, you like, have yeah, yeah. Anyways, but, I'm, nah. I'm. Okay. You're right. You're trying to give an overview of history. I'm trying to tell you what happened. <laughs> but you're, you're including uh, Diophysite and Monophysite and Arian, but they're not. They're not really the Church, are they? No, well, and that's why I'm. You'll notice I'll start to focus in on one that actually is the church. Um, so you have Chalcedonian, yeah. you have Arian, you have Mephisite, and all the others. Anyway, doesn't matter. Arianism will make a comeback later on in the uh, 1890s. We'll get there. Yeah. Um, Great. Chalcedonian takes over, does decent job. Uh, fractures in the Chalcedonians are the ones that are actual Christian, by the way. That's why we're. Do fo- we that's why we're following what? them. Why yeah. the Chalcedonians are the yes? How about let's let's break that down first. Like, because if sh- we're gonna bring them up, we might as well talk about what they are. Sure. Just just quick overview. Why the Chalcedonians not Chalcedonians? The so the uh, the Council of Chalcedon, yes, dealt with the Arian heresy. Okay, and all these and a few other heresies technically, but what Arianism is, what was is actually Jesus. Um, who is Jesus? And well, they would say what? No, the Arians would. no. <laughs> um, it doesn't matter. It does, but that's idea. why I'm correcting you. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the Arians believed that Jesus was a secondary, or like the first, the firstborn of all creation, mm-hmm. God's first created being. If you're getting flashbacks of talking with JWs, that's that's the that's the comeback. Okay, yeah, later I on. See. Yeah. Um, and that through him, yes, God created all the world, but Jesus is still a created being, not equal to the Father, yeah. demigod. Oh, in this, in the Arian view, yeah, that, that is the oh. Arian view. Chalced- Chalcedonian is no God; that Jesus is fully God. He is the yeah. incarnate Yahweh. Yeah. Um. And so the Chalcedonian Creed was yep. made. Was Ar- no Armenians God were kicked like out. <sighs> Yes, correct. Yes. Um, they were kicked out and henceforth not Christian. Yes. Yeah. Um, depending on how you view whether or not ecumenical councils should have a certain amount of authority that everyone doesn't talk about because it's really difficult and I don't know what to do about it. Anyway, moving on. We're just second rate here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I believe, guys. Um, about ecumenical councils anyway. Um, and ec- ecumenical council is the leaders of the church, so to speak. Come together. together. Yeah, they sing. Yeah, should be the church entire. Yeah, but lots of things were titled ecumenical that weren't. Yeah, yeah. But again, the Council of Trent's a good example. Yeah, Um, and Nicaea, Uh, Mm. but that's a different one. Yeah, and that has different. Not that that means that Nicaea is useless because it's just some people weren't invited. But that's different. Anyway, Chalcedonian. Split between Orthodox and Catholic. Yeah. Um, b- brute ex- explanation of things is the uh, whether or not they kissed icons or smashed icons. Yeah, I see. But there's a 
just to give what's the time period between this jump you just made? A thousand years. <laughs> Less than a thousand years. <laughs> yeah. About. yeah. So the Chalcedonian Council happened in 280 or 380, around that area. Yeah. Yeah. 80. And then, yeah. No, 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 no BC. <laughs> um, so Isn't the 380. Nicene, didn't the Nicene Council happen at around 300? And the Council of Chalcedon happened at around like 700? No. No. I don't think I, so. No, I, think, I might just be wrong on that. Yeah. Chalcedon. Chalcedon. I'm looking it up now because I'm pretty sure it was in like late 400s. Uh, mid 400s. 451. Okay. Okay. So then we get to the uh, Great Schism, Schism, which was at it's at 1050. 1050 mm-hmm. in there. Yeah, by 1050, um, I mean 1050 AD. The, the, the yeah. split between the Eastern Orthodox, Greek Orthodox Church, and the Roman Catholic Church. Yeah, in yeah. what we have today. Yeah. Anyway, you fast fast forward to 1600s, and also actually before, let's just say Martin Luther was the start yeah. of the Reformation, even though he wasn't really... And this is another 500 years after that, so it's like a 500 years split. Every 500 years, there's something big that happens. I think <laughs> yeah. we're overdue. Oh, um, there's, a, there's some uh, weird religious ideas about that. What? But every 500 years, there's a big religious event in Judaism slash Christianity. Huh. Yeah. That's new. I'm going to have to we'll talk, talk about to you about later. that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and we're due for one any moment. We'll book. Oh, <laughs> boy. Because we're year 2000. Oh, we'll, we'll boy. We'll bookmark there, and we'll come back to yeah. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the Reformation, happened. this is Reformation, where. Lutheranism, Calvinism. Yeah reformed yeah and so just like with the council of chalcedon the people who reformed and split off from the catholic church they're the real christians and everybody else is not we'll get back well they they <laughs> tried the, the, the reformers they tried to reform the catholic church well, here, they didn't yeah. try to break off here's here's the thing it depending on not what initially. your definition of what just it takes to be clear to be a christian catholics orthodox and protestants are all christian <laughs> well well it depends what, what but, you, what's your definition uh-oh. of what it takes to be a christian is or yeah. the church if it's <laughs> kind of but not really has way more to do with jesus yes um fair enough the idea is okay you have to it you have to believe that jesus died and rose again physically yeah. that those have to be physical yeah. things um you have to the triune he God. is your lord yeah um your christology on that has to be solid he is also has to be fully human and fully god yeah, yeah. You have to believe in the Trinity, the Incarnation, and uh, here's the thing: Trinity one, I'm I suffer on because for the majority of the time it's no, but there are distinct, like very holdout cells within newer movements. Normally, they have ties to Pentecostalism. Yeah, um, where they have properly articulated Christology in regards it is enough for salvation, but they've dropped Trinitarian theology. But the only way to mm. get proper Christology is to be an offshoot of a church that already has Trinitarian thought. Or is that just the same argument as saying Western civilization living in a secular world is has all the morality, but without the... The Christian aspect. The Christian... The bedrock. Yeah. In an analogy sort of way, sure. But in actualized salvation, I'm not sure. Mm. Okay. Again, I'm not yeah. being an authoritative figure on this. This yeah. is just something that, like... Eh, yeah. It's hard. It's also... Up to God. Yes. In yeah. whatever denomination yeah. you're in. But there are... Which denominations, right, Caleb? Well, let's get... Let's <laughs> finish the history gap. No, I'm, before just we get the... okay. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We'll get there. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so you have your mainline Protestant churches start off then, and Protestantism just continues to fracture more and more and more and more and more and more. And 500 more years more later, more we arrive where we are today, 
Well, you so also, many different denominations. It's, it's also worth noting, not necessarily the Pentecostal movement, and I'm not saying this simply because I'm technically yeah. Pentecostal, but because the Pentecostal movement in the as the catalyst for the charismatic movement, which mm. has, whether or not that you're a mainline Protestant or even a Catholic at all, has revolutionized yeah. how the church interacts And in with this culture. weird idea that I brought up that has absolutely no basis in reality, that's one of the propositions they propose. That the charismatic movement is the this five oh. cycle yeah. okay. movement. Interesting. So Pentecostals just being the forefront of that. Also, the growth yeah. of Pentecostalism is weird because yeah. it's technically the largest denomination besides Catholics. Catholics. Yeah, um, and in, by the year twenty one hundred, it's uh, shown. Sorry, it's projected, projected to defeat Catholicism. Wow! Defeat. Defeat. The kingdom will be... Then they no, can't walk because no. they, they just got pegs. The, the big issue that comes with all of this is that the Bible speaks of a church that seems to be unified in one, mm-hmm. yet we seem to have a billion different denominations that all seem to be saved. Mm-hmm. So what do we do with that, Caleb? Well, I think there needs to... like Even Jesus recognizes that there's going to be tension between his disciples. Yeah. Right? Um, and that his so that thing is, hey, the war. world will know that you are. No, it doesn't, um, <laughs> because the uh, we'll get there. Yeah. Um, Jesus urges the disciples, hey, the world will know that you are my disciples by the way you love one another. Yes. And so Christians, real Christians, and I'm, and I hate saying words like that or authentic Christians. Yeah. Um, yeah, love other Christians. Not only do they love other Christians, they also love everyone. Yeah, but there is a special connection between the between yeah, two people the fellowship of who believers. are. Yeah, well, two people. It's in, it's insane. It's one of those weird things yeah. where you have two people who you can have nothing else in common, but the idea that the Lord that yeah. Jesus is Lord over your life makes you more like each other than yeah. someone than anything. Well, else. And this is and I, it's beautiful a, when that works. Yeah. It doesn't always. Well, and I, that doesn't always work. Like, that's a phenomenon that is not only low, like, it's not monopolized by the Christian. No, no well, you yeah. see that in soccer players. Yeah. You see that in... Like, oh, you play soccer? I play soccer. Oh, wow, that's sure. great. And they're best friends. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, well someone... <laughs> For guys, it's real easy. <laughs> the, the, yeah. There's a big... Yeah, there is a big difference between soccer players and Christians. In oh, absolutely. That one's an ideology and one's yeah. very much not. Yeah. Yeah, soccer's an ideology. No. Yeah. Soccer's a religion. <laughs> I mean, some people treat it like it. More people are involved. Anyway, more, more people are involved in soccer than are involved in Christianity. We're Canadians. Well, Why did we choose soccer? Football. Uh, like I the, said it. It's the biggest sport in the, in the world. history of the world. Yeah, but I don't care. Okay, okay, right, let me continue. <laughs> uh, when um a good example of what we're talking about about being able to well, as people would say, bridge cultures and all that. But this weird unification of the body of Christ, despite never having met, not even necessarily being able mm-hmm. to speak the same language, all of this, is I took a uh, field trip. That's the wrong thing. Missions trip. Yeah. A field trip. <laughs> <laughs> to, um, to Vietnam. And I don't speak Vietnamese. I speak maybe three words. Uh, yet yeah. when we sat together. And they're all city names. <laughs> <laughs> wow sometimes even that but not yeah. saigon yeah saigon's in my heart but um uh Continue. especially when it came to things like worship mm-hmm. um i can't speak a single word of the sing- songs they're singing except for if they're singing in english mm-hmm. but 
we could come together and talk and sing together like we had known each other for forever Mm -hmm. because of this. And it's deeper than just knowing someone because of football and being able to connect. It's like we already knew each other. Mm -hmm. Um, When we could sit down with these same people and talk with them, even though we barely could talk to each other, it again, it was because we held the same morals in this. Well, generally the same morals and same attitudes. It was, yeah, a bond. Yeah. It was like we were already yeah. a community. Yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah. Um, denominations. Mm-hmm. Um, with the idea that we live in this. Sorry, I have a bunch of thoughts going to my head, and it's just exploding. Um, <laughs> you brought up the, uh, we divide. We're we're divided, but the 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 gospels and the letters call us to not be divided. Mm. Um, to be this unity, this group, this body. Yeah. Um, I think there's some, or, and then you, Caleb, brought up, um, they will know us by our love, mm-hmm. right? By the way, we love one another. One another. Mm. Yeah. Um, but what's interesting is that doesn't state that we won't well, do it, that all the time. Well, the, the idea is if Christ has to give that as a command, yeah. it's because it wouldn't, because he has to. Well, because no, it's not natural yeah. for us. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. But this is what I mean. It's like they will know you as like my followers by the way you love one another. But that we're going to sometimes not love one another. But when we do, sure, they're going to know. Sure. But I agree. But how yeah. far does how far do denominations have to splinter before it becomes no longer the church? Oh, no, no, no. That's not that's not what I'm saying. Oh, I'm okay. just saying like naturally we because this gets back to our idea of we're imitating the one who lived the pattern mm-hmm. by trying to live that pattern yep. empowered by the spirit. We're not living in the pattern all the time. Yeah. And so just individually across the board, mm-hmm. we're going to not always love one another. Sure. Yeah. Um, and then when you scale that up, you're going to get church, individual churches that sure disagree yep. on ideas. But most of them disagree. Like I say, most Quite a lot of them disagree so heavily they're almost irreconcilable. Well, here's the thing is yes and no. Yeah, they have the same core principles. Well, well, but when we say core, we're talking in if you back up like, okay, but every worldview ever ever held by humanity in any place or time, those churches that you're what you're saying is mm-hmm. that they're irreconcilable differences, they're like ninety eight percent the same. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, it's that two percent that they're willing to be like excommunicating each other. But but the reason why I bring this up is because so many people have this, oh, Catholics aren't Christian. Oh, Orthodox people aren't even, like, anywhere close. Or yeah. uh, well, Baptists are not Christian. Pentecostals mm-hmm. aren't Christian. Like, you get so many people. I have my, yeah. some of my, many of my family members saying things like this. Yeah. How can we authoritatively say, no, mm-hmm. we're all the church? Yeah. Well, and Although we're different, we're, dis- we're splintered parts of it, we are still the church. Well, yeah. the Bible lays out pretty, okay. Even though so many people disagree with us. The yeah. Bible lays out a pretty, I don't want to say low bar, because it's not a low bar. The Bible lays out a pretty simple definition of what it is to become a Christian. It's true. Know Jesus as Lord over everything in your life. Mm-hmm. So, and you're not going to do that at all times. No. But Profess submit Christ as in Lord the, with yeah. your mouth. And, con- and, and believe in your heart that, Jesus, that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Acting in that manner, following that pursuit, yeah. walking in step with the Spirit, that's what makes a Christian. Yeah. Um, we have we have 
even even like in an internet analogy sort of way sometimes many denominations have pharisaical markers like rules yeah. that guidelines that hey this is how you stay within that posture you read your bible yeah and it's a good thing and it is a good thing and you absolutely should and you should yeah but that's not what makes or breaks a christian yeah it's it's a i'm going to bring up corinthians again because i'm seeing through its lens doing this bible study um Paul, he he does really cool things with language in the first four chapters because he's talking about divisions in the church. Mm. That's that's where we're getting these references from. But it's also, he he does this really cool thing. He calls them brothers and sisters and then calls them out for their division. Right. Mm. So you're saved. You're okay. Stop behaving like you're not. Right. Right. Like, you're, you, you are a unified group, all saved by Christ. Let's behave like it. Don't okay. divide over these uh, Paul or Apollos or Cephas or Christ, right? We, we're all under Christ. All of us are being persecuted for him. And if we keep dividing like this, that, that we're not behaving like we should. Yeah, fair enough. Because we're following these individual leaders um, and praising them above another. Okay. Um, but he affirms in them and how he talks to them that they're saved and have the spirit, that they're a part of the temple and a part of the church. And so now does this mean that he's talking about denominations? Denominations weren't even a thing yet. Yeah, not really. No, but he is talking about people who are following different leaders. Who, and this was because they praised good speakers and good re- yep. rhetoricians and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, and they didn't like Paul because he, he portrayed a more, um, uh, he lived a more impoverished life compared to Apollos. Well, Apollos was, if, as far as we are aware, yeah. Apollos was extremely educated. Oh, yeah. And a great re- oh, yeah. rhetoric. Yeah. rhetoric rhetor- and not just that, but like yeah. Paul, like, uh, Paul was, um, because of his tent making um, ministry, um, he was living, all his money went into the church, into the ministry. Mm-hmm. Whereas Apollos, yes, everything for him was into the ministry but like from the text you can infer that he he wasn't impoverished yeah. like paul was and they being rich corinthians valued that yeah the rich guys went with apollos noting noting that he doesn't yeah. attack apollos no everything in the in every yeah. every record we have of apollos in the new yeah. testament is well there's the one time where it's like oh he just doesn't know yet yeah and then after every time after that yeah. it's like oh Oh, he's yeah, he's great. And in every awesome. metaphor Paul makes in the first four chapters, is he's saying, "Hey, I went first. God sent me to plant the seed, and he came by and watered it, and now I'm sending Timothy." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Hey, me and Apollos are both master builders for yeah. this temple, and you are going to be one day. Hey, we, me and Apollos, have been living in the spirit and in the flesh, like, and but you're only living here, and this right. is not good. Um. And he's calling them out for these divisions. And I think with the denominations, it's, we we definitely do break into that. But I think what Paul is talking about is the divisions amongst individuals in the church. And the denominational effect is when we start getting into what's known as, like, in, I don't remember if it got brought up in at uh, our school, Um but this idea of there's like three tiers of theology mm. where it's like primary, secondary, and tertiary. Um, yes. Yeah. 
And so like primary theology is that which makes you a part of the Christian church and you are saved. Secondary theology would be that which de determines which denomination you would fall under. Mm. And then the third is that which individuals in the church can disagree about and or individual churches in the denomination can disagree about. Okay. Um, I thought you were about to say something else and I was, I was excited. <laughs> this is very good. Yeah. Um, and when you separate those three, what you get is kind of like a, a federal state and municipal. Sure. Uh, yeah. Disjunction in the church. Sure. Different and, spheres of influence. Yeah. And those that don't believe in the primary ideas or the federal ideas are another country. Yeah. They're not Christian. <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think when we start to, as individuals, start causing rifts where we start making primary or secondary issues, sorry, secondary yeah. or tertiary theology. Yep. When we start discussing those like their primary yep. theology, then we've gone too far. Yep. It's almost like you're saying that we should stop calling each other not Christians. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It is, I think, the big, one of the biggest issues that the church mm -hmm. faces right now is calling everybody else not Christians. Like, us three. We're a great example. And even Stuart, who is not here, and Joel, who is who knows where. Um, I would say the other way around for those two. But uh, <laughs> um, that all of us have different, well, influences on our Christianity. But also, I think we all generally ascribe to different types of Christianity. Quote, unquote, denominations. Denominations. Sure. Yep. sure. But I don't think any of us would say we're not Christian. No. I would hope so. No. You, you don't think I'm not a Christian, right? I absolutely think you're a Christian. Oh, thank uh, goodness. Not yet. Oh. <laughs> yeah. If the next few sentences really matter. Yes. Um, I see. Yeah. Um, where would you say then, to cap this off, where would you say the state of the church is right now? Um, like we're talking about the Corinthian church and we're talking yeah. about the, we have different examples, the Ephesian church, we have yeah. the Roman church, we have all of these different churches. Yeah. Um, you can either, you can say like, which church do we represent? But I think we've gone even further than the Corinthian church. It's like, what, what is the state of the church? Is it fractured or is it separated or is it still one church? We just don't realize. Well, okay. <clears throat> go. I've talked a lot. Okay. It's always good to hear you you talk, though. I love, I love your voice. <laughs> oh, thanks. So soothing. <laughs> um, no, it's in recent years, and by I mean in our generation, and it continues to grow right. so, um, interdenominational efforts have been made and are notable. Like okay. the like the Orthodox and the Catholics actually getting together and going, hey, no, we're gonna make a joint effort that hey, yeah. we're in nations where we're well, the fact that they met is insane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, here, can I give you some more examples? Yeah. Um, the I was listening to a guy who was uh, he's a Catholic exorcist, and he was talking about how they work with other denominations during exorcisms. Yeah. <laughs> right. Really. So like, yeah. So like, they well, will. Have we seen the same? Video? Probably. I mean, I've watched a couple of his, but basically what happens is there was one time where they went, uh, they were approached by a Pentecostal church to, Oh, I've exorcism. heard about this. You told me about yeah. this. And he was like, okay, so what's the deal? What's going on? Right. And the Catholic, the Catholic church, the exorcism wing of the Catholic church, which they're the only denomination that has a permanent exorcism, wing, which is awesome. <laughs> um, they, they have, so they're exorcists. They have to have spent more than 20 years in a, as a father in a church. They, okay. they can't be an exorcist straight out of the boat. Um, and the reason for that is because they want to make sure that when you're facing the demonic, that you're 
instantiated and strong in your faith. And it's not like those guys who tried to cast out the, in the backs yes. who cast tried to cast Absolutely out the for demon. That reason. They walk out naked. And just to make and just Paul, to make and Paul's it, name and they're like, yeah, we know who you are, but like, and just to make sure that like are, nothing you? that goes wrong can go wrong mm. to the most that they can do. Um, and then also with that when somebody comes to them, which they get a lot of people to be like, hey, I. I've got a demon or I know somebody's got a demon. What they do is the first thing they do is they tell that person to go see a psychiatrist. Okay. That's probably good advice. Yeah. <laughs> right? I didn't know that. I yeah. like that. And the reason for that is because they don't want, if this is the person's first interaction with Christianity or an interaction with Christianity, they can ruin it by saying, okay, and start exercising. Right. Yeah. A mental illness as a demon, which would be a bad idea. Yes. Um, very much so. And so there was a Pentecostal church that came to the exorcists with this. Um, and they were like, Hey, we've been trying to exercise this demon, um, out of this person for a week. So just calling the old guard. <laughs> right. And they were like, uh, we, we like, there's been three of us that have been doing this. We, we need help. Um, and it's not because we think like you're better. Just we need outside. We need somebody from the outside to look at this. Sure. Um, and so they were like, okay, has the person seen a psychiatrist? <laughs> and so they went through the same thing. And they were, they just made sure, like, hey, did you do this properly? Yeah. And they were like, yep, they're good. They met. They figured it out. They met with them. And while the Pentecostal guy was with his short arm on the... The three pastors were praying on the person. The Catholic priest was doing the rites. Just side by side. Yeah. And not bothering each other. Not saying, like, hey, that's not biblical. That's... Right. You shouldn't be doing this because that's not how we do this. Because they both recognize that maybe the other person's doing something that's... That might be helping. Well, if, if it's a secondary yeah. or tertiary issue, yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah. Especially when considering, hey, this is what <laughs> trying to help the someone. kingdom is. Be if, if we're going to go with the act yeah. of of building the church yeah. is part of the church itself, what they're doing is yeah. the work of God, yeah. is the church. Yeah, and so the, the point that they made before they walked into the room was they established, we are not exercising the demon, Jesus is. Right. It's not us, it's him. Mm -hmm. Whatever we do in there, it's because it's him, not us. So one prayed and one spoke. And talked to the demon and the other one prayed. That that right? So mm -hmm. it's just how they both went in, Jesus is the one doing it. How they did that was different. Right? And when they did it, the woman was freed from the demon. Uh, another example of this is my church goes to uh we do missions trips. We do two every year, an adult one and a youth one to the same area in Tijuana. Um, and our church stays at the Calvary Chapel Training Center for Missionaries in their base. Um, okay. And we sometimes go to the Sierra, the the CTC Church in Rosarito. Can you um, explain the dominations of these? So the Calvary Chapel is an off uh, is a group of is a non denominational church, whatever that means, um, <laughs> that broke off in the eighties. I believe from the Pentecostal church from one guy that disagreed with how Pentecostalism was functioning. Right. Um, and so they mostly exist near the California Baja area of California and into Mexico, um, Las Vegas all the way down. Um, and they're very missional focused in their local areas. They're very house church focused. They're very Pentecostal without. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> even though they say they disagree. Mm -hmm. um, it's like alliance, right? Yeah. <laughs> and we work with a lot of their missionaries and with other, and when we go down there, we work with like four or five 
multi-denominational missions groups and just help them. Well, that's that's what I've noticed with uh, a lot of missions is you'll have churches that support, doesn't matter. Oh, but they're doing God's work. Okay, we support them. Yeah. Or in small towns, you'll have ministerial meetings where it's like, hey, no, the Catholic priest, the... uh, The the Mennonite priest, not priest, the yeah. Mennonite preacher, the and Pentecostal like all of them, youth pastor, yeah, like they all meet <laughs> together and they they recognize. No, we are all we are all partaking yeah. in the Lord's work. Yeah, well, in the, this place, the missions program at our school um, does the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. They work with yeah. so many different denominations. When I was in Vietnam, we weren't there was no Pentecostal. Well, yeah. there's one. Our uh, yeah. our guide, quote unquote, was a Pentecostal, but no one else was. But all of that to say, it's very cool. In the last. 150 years 50 to 100 years i should say massive strides in Mm -hmm. repairing relationships between denominations have been made yeah and i don't think that those should be taken lightly despite the fact considering their history absolutely despite the fact that before then there was tons of those people aren't christians there are burning people at a on stakes yeah Yeah. we flooded holland over this yeah Yeah. (laughs) Um, the 30 year war you got all these different holy roman empire wars yeah yeah um, I caused all this issue. England became a superpower because of this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I think when you ask the question, what's the current state of the church? I would, if I have to give a one word answer, I would say it's mending. Okay. Yeah. And I would say it's worse in the Western world than it is on the mission field. Uh, sure. I would agree with that. Uh, yeah. And I would, and the mission field is the majority of the believers. Yep. And, yep so yeah okay so that's that yeah yeah we do have our segment though okay yes the second part why we're gonna do on another podcast yeah i'm sorry people you're gonna have to hold on hold on well hey it just means we're gonna talk more about egypt issue egypt issue each issue there you go you did say egypt i heard egypt issue which just because two people hear it doesn't mean the one person that said it is wrong no I but just the like tape ga- will confirm i do like gaslighting <laughs> you though it's fun yeah um gaslighting is one of the funnest activities on planet earth i think you're just making up words now there's no such thing as gaslighting what are you talking about anyway oh. our segment today <laughs> is going to be sacrificing the holy cow oh right yeah Ooh. um denominations <laughs> no we yes. already talked about that um colton actually i i really like this one but i told colton said so colton what is our segment today well, sacrificing the holy cow. Well, do we want to describe what sacrificing the holy cow is? I thought we did last time, but we'll do it this time too. Okay. Um, sacrificing the holy cow is where we take so that in the Christian church, there's something that is either held reverently or with high amount of sanctity. Too sanctity? much. Too much. Too much. Or it's said too often, or it's it's something that is just that is too important. Not too important. That is so important for a good percentage of the church that just shouldn't be there. And it's time to put the cow out for pasture. Time to sacrifice that cow. Time to uh, put it on the meat market. Yeah, sacrifice the holy cow. So, Colton, what is this week's sacrifice the holy cow? It is one of my favorite phrases that everyone seems to say. Is that Christianity is a relationship and not a religion. Now, I'm sure that even people listening have probably heard it somewhere. Why do you not like it, Caleb? Uh, because Christianity is a relationship through religion, and if they have Ooh. read James at all, they would recognize that it's... I'm going to come to the defense of the people who believe it's just a relationship. Well, you're wrong. Well, no, just <laughs> just to play the game. Okay, play the game. Um, uh, uh, because uh, Jesus wants what's best for you, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and you get to know him through his sacrifice mm-hmm. and the word. Right. And how um, do you know his sacrifice and read his word? Um, you read the word. Right. Uh, you pray. And you do um, theology. Uh, no, 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 no. You do, though. No, no, no. Because that, really that, that's though. high thought stuff. You really do, though. Um, and I'm just here for the what I get out of it. Is knowing God theology? Um, I mean, that is what the term means. <laughs> that, is the de- <laughs> that is the definition. <laughs> but is knowing God religion? Yes. No, I think religion is cultic practices. Uh, I think actually, you know what true religion is? <laughs> what? Oh, it says so in James. Oh, Ooh. helping the orphan and the widow. Yeah. But I'm not helping the orphan and the widow by just knowing Jesus. Right. This is that's fair. Not, <laughs> what, that's but how mean. do you know Jesus? How? <gasps> Maybe he says something about this. Oh, what? Oh. Through when helping the least of these? Yeah, you are helping. Oh, and who are the least of these? Oh, and the orphans and the widows. <laughs> oh my gosh! Not that, did you? Did I just backdoor into religion? Yeah, <laughs> is no. a relationship. Well, is, here's the thing: is is Christianity is a relationship? Yes, through religion or. My disagreement from this issue doesn't come as much from the fact that people <laughs> say it's a relationship, because it is. It's when they say it's not a religion. Yeah. Because these people don't seem to understand what religion is. I know they're... Okay. I get it. I get the idea. We're trying to emphasize that it's not just this This book. You read a book. You just sit in church. It's boring. Yep. It's whatever. You just... And then you have to serve someone who gives you rules. That's mm-hmm. what they're trying... They're trying to emphasize the love of God. Yeah. But I think... only that. But that's the issue is that they then... It, it is so... You, it's used so much. If it was someone who had just said it, I would be like... That's an interesting thing, but because yeah. it said so much, and because of the implications of saying there is no religion to it, um, they're missing the mark. They, but they're sinning. No, well, <laughs> no. What the word, that's, that's what the word's for. I wouldn't say they're <laughs> sinning. Well, in the in the colloquial Western English terminology, missing the mark, not the Greek common yeah. phrase hamartia. Yeah. You're right, but I don't like it. <laughs> the, yes. Um, and I think the reason why it bothers me so much is because we've gone so far away from the quote-unquote religious aspect and gone and emphasized so much the the relationship aspect that we, again, they well, use this phrase to justify why they don't follow religious practices. The phrase is now used as a club for anybody who tries to come at the defense of religion, where it's yeah. like, hey, yeah. yeah, you're a Christian, but you should be religious. Yeah, you should and go to church. Wow, you sound like Neil deGrasse Tyson there. <laughs> what? Your his, your voice. Oh, I hope not. <laughs> um, I mean, it's, it's a black hole by thing. the way it is. <laughs> you should. <laughs> so, are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> are you saying that we should go to church? Yes. Well, but it's a relationship. I don't have to go to church. Yeah. Well, well, here's yeah. the thing. I'm sorry. I'm, can, I'm being can, bitter now. Well, no, no, no. This is fine. You can bring up some quotes from Jesus. Some of the things that he did. Where he didn't just like you could say, yeah, he he was Jewish, and then the answer would be yes, but he undid Judaism, whatever. Um, That's just not true. It's just not true. And the reason for that is because what I mean is what I'm trying to get at is he does a couple things. One, he presents that the word of God is he holds it to high value, Mm -hmm. presents it as the word of God, Mm -hmm. not in whatever the terminology infallible or in it inerrant better means okay um uh we'll get to that he also holds up that um he also creates 
a group of people that are separate from everybody else, i.e. the church. Yep. So there's there's an the in-group and there's an out-group. The kingdom of priests. Um, anybody can partake in that, mm-hmm. but they have to partake in it. Yes. Yes. Um, and that you do so together and yes. hold each other accountable. Yes. yes. And then he also creates a cultic practice through a new covenant. Yes. And so what you see is that if you try to articulate uh, you through could scripture... You say a New Testament. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you try to articulate through... <laughs> That's just what it means. Um, if you try to articulate through scripture that Jesus doesn't create a religion called Christianity, so to speak, he he does. He instantiates uh, well, the, a group, uh, sure. a scripture, he, he, and a cultic practice. It would be if you more accurate it, to if, say Jesus wanted to create Judaism 2.0. Yeah, sure. Yeah, if we well, can say can... that. Okay. Yeah, I I don't I, disagree. I'm just saying that. Yeah. Like you're right. Yeah, but I I just said that because if... Christianity is the, what we call it. Yeah, Josh. Yeah. If you if I heard someone describe Christianity as that, I would have no disagreements with them. Not really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. But it seems that people seem to forget the first part of what you said, which is the uh, he created something. Yeah. He didn't just say it is what it is, now figure it out. He created something. Yeah. A new way of living, a new testament, a new covenant. Yeah. Uh, um, and just to ignore that part of it, I think, is well, it's missing out yeah. quite a bit. Well, a new it's hope. Saying, hey, I have a relationship with this guy, yes, but I'm not going to pay attention to anything he said or did. Yeah. Welcome to relationships well, in 2022 but that's that's what people <laughs> that's what people who use this phrase yeah try to do they try yeah. to say well, i can a lot of people no okay there's a good chunk of people at our school that oh yeah yeah not but i think not, that's what people who say this phrase i think the majority you well, say the not, worst version of the argument is presented as such yeah, yeah i think that just more recently especially the work i i have and the jobs i've had working at in more liberal areas they use this phrase as the backdrop for what they believe. Yeah. And it bothers well, me. You'll also get people that are like vaguely spiritual. Yeah. That like Jesus yes. will say those things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That are like, they don't go to church. They they, they haven't even, they've maybe read the book of John because it was handed out to them at a convention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, they skimmed it. And they skimmed it. Um, and they really like some of the things he says. Um, they might have watched the Jesus movie on VHS that was in everybody's church. Nice. Like, that one that looks like the guy who's, he looks like a BG and he has like brown straight hair. Oh, the, the passion of the Christ. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but it's like, and they just like they they hear quotes from Jesus, and they're like, oh yeah, because he said that thing about poor people, um, right? And it's like, and then they'll say that, yeah, astrology. <laughs> yeah, I'm an asparagus. <laughs> I'm an aquarium. So, <laughs> well, let's be cancer. Ah, <laughs> uh. she didn't even change it there. It's just no, cancer. no, because it's funny by itself. <laughs> That's true. You have to make Aquarius funny. <laughs> anyway, um, the reason why we I say that this is a holy cow is simply because of how tightly people yeah. hang on to it. Not that it's necessarily wrong, although it is abused quite a lot, but simply because people hold on to it way too much. Yeah. Well, and real, and real I, again, I don't want to say that. Real Christians. Real Christians. People that are authentically pursuing Christ. And they're, 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 they are being religious. Yeah. They just don't, don't like know it. it. They don't like yeah. to say it. Or because, even, yeah. Because they're thinking of dogma. Yeah. They're thinking of, well, just Judaism and the legalism of Jesus' day. And they say well, that's of, religion. And, and of the Puritans. Jesus is not. Yeah, yeah. And the Puritans. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, so that's... And of the Inquisition. Yes. Oh, but the coolest but that's, that's... the coolest of bad religions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um so that's this week's podcast. We're gonna come back in next week with going why Christianity, go over the philosophical reasons for historical reasons for yeah. Uh, moral and meaning reasons, uh, maybe get into our own personal stuff. Mm. Hopefully, Joel is back with us. Uh, Fingers crossed. Yeah, hopefully. Um, but yeah, hopefully you enjoyed this podcast, um, and you will be... Thank you for listening this far. Yeah, I, I guess, yeah. Um, hopefully you'll be with us next week. Um, yeah, leave a like, share, subscribe, do whatever, I don't know. Tell your friends, word of mouth is powerful. You're We've right. learned that because Christianity was spread word of mouth. Here's here's the thing. Most of my friends are in this room, and they're on the podcast. I didn't tell you to all of my share friends your are. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and if you heard anything on here that you think could be interesting, even if it's not something we said, but something you thought, go and talk to someone about it. Try to see what learning you could come out oh, of this. Also, here, okay, I have this idea. These guys haven't heard it, but I've thought of it during this. We should pray on podcast. podcast live. Sure. Okay, yeah, but here's my idea. Okay, <laughs> denominations. Yep. Should we have a segment, not an ongoing segment, but a small segment? Okay, where we are given a denomination, not that we are part of. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we have to two people. It. Two people are given a denomination. They have to defend it and say why it was. It's better. Why it's the best. Okay, I'll try with the reformed. I'll try really hard. And then I don't have to. Try. And then the rest of us <laughs> have to decide who. Who did a better job? Who's the better denomination? Then we have like a tournament. We can make that another segment. Yeah, like a temporary little segment. Yeah. Um, leave a comment if that's what you want. It's what I want. But yeah. We don't um, want what Caleb wants. Yeah. Bad things happen to what Caleb wants. Please, just give me what I want. That's all. Please. We got a survey last time. He wanted it. so good. Um, thanks for yet. tuning in. Um, I'll see you next week.